0: We're in a series right now just called Be Strong. And I want to encourage you and just, well, just kind of give you a real brief review today. This is taken from Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. And then he goes on and he talks about. This battle that we're in against the forces of darkness, and how we have to stand against all the wiles of the devil. You gotta be strong to be able to do that. And we really are in a spiritual battle, whether you realize it or not. The battle is real, and you need to be strong. You can't afford to be a weak, wimpy Christian you got to be strong in the Lord. We talked about how that it is the Lord who is the source of our strength. It is not about physical strength. It is not about strength of the will, you know, intestinal fortitude. No, it is about His strength. Last week, we talked about how that we are stronger together. And I want to encourage you, you will do better spiritually if you are hooked up with spiritual people, with godly people that will strengthen and encourage your faith. This morning, we're going to talk about being strong in faith. You see, the Lord is our strength. He has all the power that we could ever need. But how does that come into our lives and into our world? It is by our faith. To be strong in the Lord, you have to be strong in faith. See, we all have battles and struggles and challenges, adversity in this life. But the Word of God tells us how we can overcome. It's 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This is how we overcome. This is how we win in the battle. We're trusting God. We're believing God. You see, it is our faith that brings His power into our situation. That's how our battles are won. It is praying in faith that brings God's power. If we're weak in faith, we're weak spiritually. You see, it doesn't matter how much Bible knowledge you have in your head, it doesn't matter how religious you are, if you don't have faith, you're not going to see God move and work in your life and in your world. We gotta be strong in faith. The Word of God tells us in 1 Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. This is our fight. It is the fight of faith. See, our struggle, this is where the real battle is for us, is can we believe? we got to fight the good fight of faith. Our battle's not hard for the Lord. No, nothing is too hard for the Lord. He has all the power. But our battle comes down to this. Can we believe? One man asked Jesus Jesus, if he could do anything to help his demon-possessed son. And here's what Jesus says in Mark 9, 23 and 24. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. It's possible if you can believe. All things are possible with God... All things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. You know what? Jesus cast that demon out. I think that helped his unbelief. And I want to tell you that Jesus can help your unbelief. You know, one of the things that is admirable about this man is he admitted that he was struggling. And sometimes, you know what? We need to be real. We need to be real with God. We need to say, you know what? I need to get to the place where I really believe. Help my unbelief. And I'd encourage you this morning to take the word of the Lord this morning. Let God do a work in you to strengthen your faith. Because I want to tell you, we need to be strong in faith. We serve a God who does the impossible when somebody believes. And we need to be using our faith, praying in faith, to see His will done in the earth. It's not automatic. There is such a strong deception, this religious attitude that says that God is going to do whatever He wants to do no matter what we do. That is not from the Bible. You know, the world has a version of that. Or or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe that's the, the Christian version of this attitude of the world Whatever will be, will be. God's going to do whatever He wants to do. That's not at all what the Bible teaches. The Bible doesn't say that anywhere. He does whatever He pleases, but what pleases Him is that he, He answers the prayers of His people. When people pray in faith... You see, Jesus taught us to pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we pray that? It's not just pretty words. It is because we are praying for God's will. We're praying that God's rule and reign would come. And you see, when we pray, then He, he moves and He works in our lives. But we got to be strong in faith. Jesus says in Mark eleven twenty four, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, And you will have them. You see, when we pray, we're not supposed to be just kind of wishing, you know. Here again, you know, it's the it's the religious version of wishing, praying. No, not at all. We pray and we believe we receive. This is the teaching of Jesus. That faith preacher, Jesus. He preached and taught about faith all the time. But he says, whatever things that you pray and believe you receive, he says, you're going to have them. You need to pray until you, you can say, I believe, I believe I received. I believe I received. Even though you can't see it, you believe you receive. He says, you're going to have it. Is that really in the Bible? It really is. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of things in the Bible that to this world and even to religious people, it just sounds too, too wild, too extreme. If Jesus said it, I believe it. And I want to tell you, if we'll get a hold of this and start being strong in our faith, we're going to see God move and work in our lives like we never have before. But God won't do all that He wants to do in our life if we don't believe. Jesus ministered in Nazareth, his hometown where he had grown up, and the Bible tells us this in Matthew 13, 58. Now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Listen, it wasn't because he was just out of power that day. It wasn't because he he just didn't want to do anything there. It wasn't because, you know, he grew up there and, He just didn't like those people. No, it wasn't any of those things. It was because of the unbelief of the people. I want to be a person where God does mighty works. I want to be a church where God still does mighty works. You see, there's there's a lot of churches across America and a lot of people. There's no mighty works. Because of the unbelief of the people. Our God has all the power, but He does not move and work in our lives unless somebody will bother to believe Him and take Him at His word. We have to believe. If we're going to be strong in the Lord, you have to be strong in faith. i tell you, unbelief will absolutely limit God working in your life. Now, I'm going to clarify what I mean by that. God is all-powerful. He is sovereign God. He does whatever He pleases. But it pleases Him to work by faith. And if we are not believing Him, if we don't have faith, listen, it doesn't please God, and He's not going to move and work in our life. Now, I want you to see this. From the Scripture, Psalm 78, 41, and 42, yes, again and again, they tempted God. Now, this is talking about the children of Israel when they wouldn't go into the Promised Land and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember His power the day when He redeemed them from the enemy. You see, God had done mighty works and miracles, delivered them, from Egypt, brought them out of bondage, and yet they would not go into the promised land. God had this for them. It was available to them. For generations He had promised it to them, but they limited God because they wouldn't have faith and go in. And I want to tell you that when we limit God because we don't believe, it keeps us from experiencing the blessings, the promises, the miracles that God would do in our lives. God has a great plan for our life that He wants us to fulfill. Just like for those Hebrews that didn't go into the promised land, there are a lot of people that miss much of what God has for them Because of unbelief. I want to remind you, their enemies couldn't keep them out. Their own weaknesses couldn't keep them out. None of the walled cities could keep them out. The only thing that kept them out and kept them from what God had for them was their unbelief. And they wandered in the wilderness until they, that generation all passed away except for Joshua and Caleb who believed God. And God raised up a new generation who would believe Him and go in and possess the land that God had for them. I want you to know the Lord has so many great promises and blessings for us. But just like the children of Israel... When they went into that promised land, it was for them. God promised it to them. But did you know they still had to fight for it? And the promises and the blessings throughout the Word of God, they are for us, but you have to fight for it. And how do you fight for it? You fight the good fight of faith. You got to be strong in faith. It's not going to happen any other way. You got to believe the Word of God and stand on His Word. See, all things are possible with God, but don't limit Him by unbelief. Carmen, and I, our favorite verse has always been Ephesians 3, 3.20, Now to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. You see, we're serving a God who can, who can do more than we can possibly even imagine. But it is according to the power that works in us. And how does that power work in us? It's through faith. Ephesians 2.8 tells us, by grace you've been saved through faith. You can't get saved without faith. That's the only way you can be saved. It has to happen through faith. By grace you're saved through faith. How about that most famous verse of all, John 3:16? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the only way. You see, that power is there. The promise is there. But it's when you believe it, that's when you receive that salvation. And that is the way that God works in our life. Not just so we go to heaven, but in our life every day we need to be believing Him. All those promises are for us. See, the Christian life is all about a life of faith. It's 2 Corinthians 5 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith. See, some people they they plan on dying by faith. Well, when I die, I'm gonna go to heaven. And that's the extent of their faith. And that's a wonderful thing. But I gotta tell you, God wants us to live by faith. Not just when we die, but every day. We're living by faith. Not just living by the natural. We're just like everybody else. But, you know, I believe in Jesus, so I'm going to heaven. No, He wants us to be a people of faith. And we need to believe all the promises of God. Every day. I want to tell you, if we're not living by faith, we're not pleasing God because Hebrews 11:6 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So what are you believing God for? I hope that you have a list. I hope that you got a bunch of stuff that you're believing God for. We should. There's so many promises. Listen, if you don't have some things that that you need to be believing God for, we can give you some. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's other people that have needs and battles and struggles and trials. and, And listen, we ought to all be believing God for some things. I mean, if nothing else, let me tell you, let's be believing God for souls to be saved. Let's pray for laborers to be sent to the harvest field. Amen. Let's be praying that God will move and do a mighty work in our land. Amen. But something, we see, we need to be praying and believing God because that pleases Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You know, there's a lot of heroes of faith throughout the Scripture. Many of them are listed in Hebrews chapter 11, but I just want to focus on one this morning, Abraham, the father of faith. The Lord told Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky or the sand on the seashore. But Abraham didn't even have one heir, not even one child. This was Abraham's great battle. He had other battles too. But this was his great battle. Is that he had no child, no heir. The Lord promised him that he would have descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. This happened at 75 years old. And Abraham's wife, Sarah, had always been barren. She'd never been able to have a child. And the years continue to go by. 25 years pass. And now Abraham is 100 years old. And finally the promise is fulfilled that they have that promised son which is the beginning of the fulfillment of seeing His descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Romans chapter 4 talks about this story, and I believe it's recorded in the New Testament in the book of Romans just to remind us that faith is not just for the patriarchs, but it's for every believer. Faith is for all of us. Now, most of you know that Carmen had a battle with cancer for quite some time. And I want to tell you that she is strong in faith. And she got stronger in faith through the battle. But there was a time when she was praying, Lord, show me somebody in Scripture that had that it took a long time for them to receive healing. And she just... You know, she was just sincere before God. This is taking so long. Show me somebody in Scripture that it took a long time for them to be healed. I mean, we all read the New Testament and we see miraculous healings, instantaneous healings. But what about somebody that it took a long time? Then one night while she was sleeping, the Lord gave her this verse reference. Not the, not the words of the verse, just the reference. Romans 4.19 Three times in the night, the Lord gave her this reference, Romans 4.19. The next morning, during her devotional time, she remembered what had happened. She didn't even know what what that verse said, Romans 4.19. So she turns to the verse, and this is what it says. Abraham, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. I want you to know something. When you're a hundred years old, when your wife has never been able to have a child, that's a really, really long battle. I just want you to see this morning that we got to be strong in faith. Because not every battle happens in a moment, in an instant. No, a lot of the time we have to stand and fight. We got to, having done all to stand, stand. And when the enemy is throwing everything that he can against you, what are you going to do? It is the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Without that shield of faith, you are an easy target. You got to be strong in faith. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that What he had promised, he was able to perform. At the beginning of verse 19, it says, and not being weak in faith. And then in verse 20, he says, but was strengthened in faith. You see, you need to be strengthened in faith. You need to be strong in faith to see the promises of God fulfilled in your life. Don't be weak in faith. Abraham did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Think about this. He didn't consider it. He wasn't focused on that anymore. He had a promise from God. Now, to us, it's just an old story, maybe. But can you imagine how it was for them? But he would not focus on his circumstance He was focused on the promise of God. He was focused on the one who gave him the promise. I'm telling you, if we're going to be strong in faith, we can't be focused on our circumstance. Sometimes things just get to where we say, you know what, it's too late. It's too far gone. It's over. Don't you know that Abraham could have said that at 100 years old? It's too late, too far gone, it's over now. But he would not focus, he would not consider the circumstance, the situation he was in, but instead he's focused on the Lord and the promise that God has given to him. That's how we can be strong in faith. You know, sometimes when the situation is really bad, people say things like, Oh, you know, all that faith stuff, I'm living in reality. I'd much rather be living in faith, trusting God and believing God. I want you to know that that the reality is no problem for our God. With God all things are possible. But unbelief so often comes when we focus on the circumstances instead of focusing on God and His Word. See, the children of Israel that died in the wilderness, they were focused on their enemy. They were focused on their own weaknesses instead of being focused on the promise that God had given them for hundreds of years. And then Joshua leads a new generation into the land by... By faith, Simon Peter, you know, Jesus is walking on the water and Simon Peter sees him and he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus gives him one word. He says, come. I want you to know one word from God is enough. He says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and he's walking on water. And as far as we know from the scripture, Jesus and Peter are the only two that ever walked on water. So I'm not ever going to be too critical of Peter because I want to tell you something. When you're you're in a company of just you and Jesus, that's pretty good company. But he's walking on the water and the Bible says that when he saw the wind and the waves, you see, he began to get his eyes off of Jesus and onto the wind and the waves, the circumstances that he was in. Now... I find this just a little bit humorous because, you know, so we can walk on water as long as it's calm, but if the waves are getting up, well, what has that got to do with it? I want you to understand that in your situation, it doesn't matter how bad it looks, it doesn't matter if it goes from bad to worse. I mean, you're praying that you'll get a raise at work and instead you got laid off. Not a problem for God. See, you need to understand this. You need to know that you're praying for for God's healing and you're praying for health and then you get a bad report from the doctor. Not a problem for God. You need to stay focused on Him and His Word and His promise instead of looking at the situation and the circumstance that's the only way you can be strong in faith. Peter got his eyes on the wind and the waves, and in that moment, he begins to sink. Unbelief will sink you. That's right. Matthew fourteen thirty one. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, "Oh, you of little faith! Why did you doubt? What was the problem here? Little faith." He was doubting. We need to be strong in faith. Can't look at the circumstances. You know, that old worldly attitude, I believe it when I see it, that's not faith at all, and it doesn't please the Lord. Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen evidence It's proof of something you can't see. It is very real. It's substance. The substance, you see. It's, it's not just a fantasy. It's not a dream. It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the proof, the evidence, of something you cannot see. We're not looking at the circumstances. We're looking at Him, and we're focused on His Word. We believe what He has said. Now back to Romans 4, Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. His faith was founded on the promise of God. It was not just a wish. It wasn't just something that he decided he wanted. See, some people, they got this pretend faith where, you know, they want this and so they go, oh, I'm going to believe this. We're not making stuff up. We're believing what God has said in His Word. Y'all real quiet right now. But this is the reason a lot of people get disillusioned about prayer and believing is because they're just believing anything. You know, I want this, so I believe in this. No. You've got to stand on the promise of God. Abraham had a word from God, and he knew that God would keep His Word. (laughs) That has to be the basis for our faith. That is the evidence of what we're believing. We got His Word on it. We stand on the promise of God. There's so many promises available to us in the Scripture. You know, some people will say, but He doesn't heal anymore. He doesn't do miracles of healing anymore. Well, here's what I know. The Bible says in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord who heals you. Are you saying that God isn't the Lord who heals you anymore? Are you saying that that's not true, that God has somehow changed? Because He also says, I, the Lord, change not. If He was the healer, He still is. And I want you to know that our God, He has not changed. He's still the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, is He still our shepherd? I mean, Psalm 23 is such a beautiful and powerful passage of Scripture. And, you know, people love to use it at funerals, and we find comfort in that passage of Scripture, and I think that's wonderful. But I want you to understand that there are things in that passage of Scripture that are fantastic promises. There's the promise of provision. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. There's the promise of protection. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Is it just for pretty religious stuff, or is it real? I believe that it's real, that it's for us, that those promises are something we can base our faith upon. And if we can claim Psalm 23, why can't we claim Psalm 91? That no evil shall befall you, no plague shall come nigh your dwelling. He's given His angels charge over to you to bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. See, we need to know the promise of God so we can be strong in faith like Abraham was. It's for us. Don't let anybody, don't let some religious person talk you out of the promises of God and tell you that they're not for you, only certain promises. Who decides? It's amazing to me how how some denominations and some groups of people, they want to decide what promises are for us. Here's what I know. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, all the promises of God in Him, in Jesus, are yes. And in Him, amen to the glory of God through us. See, we just got to agree with them. We just have to say amen to them and believe what He says. But they're all yes in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to say this again. If our faith is based on a wish or a good idea, anything else other than the Word of God, it will fail but when we're standing on the promise of God it's a sure thing you know people get so disillusioned with prayer and faith because they weren't really believing God and standing on his word but our faith has to be based on what God said back to Romans 4:20 Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. See, we have to be strong so that we won't waver. Unbelief will leave the door open for the thief to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And it is that shield of faith that protects you from the fiery darts of the evil one. Be strong in faith. What do you do when you're in a situation and you just don't know what to do? I mean, there's just times in life where <laughs> our smarts is just not enough. You know what I'm saying? Well, here's what you do. You ask God for wisdom. Wonderful promise from James chapter 1, verse 5-7. through 7. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. What a fantastic promise. Now, I'm just giving you a couple of examples this morning, but here's a great promise from the Word of God. And when you're going through something, when you're in a great battle, you see, you can pray and ask God for wisdom. But here's what he says next. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. You see, if we're just back and forth and wishy-washy in our faith, we're not going to receive anything from the Lord. That's right. Well, pastor, that's ugly. You shouldn't say that. Hey, I don't write this stuff. I just preach what it says. That's right. And you know what? There's a lot of things in the Bible that's just not uh, agreeable with the pop theology of the day. But this is the truth that sets free. This is the truth that you could base your faith upon that will bring victory in your life. No. If we're wishy-washy in our faith, in and out, up and down, I don't know, maybe so. You know, we're praying and believing God, but I don't know what we're going to do. Back and forth, not going to receive anything from the Lord. You say, well, I guess I've wavered, so I guess I can't ever receive anything from the Lord. No. No. That's not what it says. If you're wavering, let me tell you what to do about that. Stop it. Quit quit being wishy-washy. Quit being weak in your faith. Make up your mind. You're going to be strong in faith. You're going to fight the good fight of faith. I'm not wavering anymore. I'm not looking at the wind and the waves anymore. I'm focused on the Word of God and His promise to me. No matter what it looks like, I'm not going to waver. I'm going to stand firm and believe God. No matter, no matter what, no matter what, you keep believing until all of your children are serving God. Just make up your mind. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ that you and your household shall be saved. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old he'll not depart from it. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You stand on the promises of God's Word, not His will that any should perish but all should come to repentance. Pray in the will of God. But I'm going to tell you, you can't be wishy-washy and unbelieving. you got to decide that you're going to be strong in faith. See, Decide to be strong in faith and believe that that marriage will be restored. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Be strong in faith and see that addict, that friend, set free. Be strong in faith. You know, when everything just in in your finances seems like it's falling apart, that's the time to say, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. That's not the time to throw in the towel and say, oh, well, that didn't work. Sometimes, when you're believing God, it just seems like it goes from bad to worse. That's the time to be strong in faith. Nothing wavering. And here's the thing. Romans 4.21 tells us that Abraham was fully convinced that what he had promised he was able to perform. He was absolutely convinced of God's character. We need to be Convinced that God will keep His Word. You know, a lot of people struggle to believe God today, I think because they don't really know Him. Abraham knew Him, and he knew that God was good to keep His Word. Romans 4.3 says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. You know what that tells me is that It matters to God that we believe. He wants us to be strong in faith. Let's understand this. You see, when Abraham believed God, it showed that he believed and he trusted God's character. When we don't believe God, it is as though we think that God has lied Or we think that God has just made a mistake somehow. You see, in this crazy world that we live in, there's so much lies and deception and, you know, it can make you cynical. It can get you to the place where it's hard for you to believe anything. And so many people, they they lie. My dad taught me a long time ago, he, he, he taught me that not everybody that was saying something wrong, he said, they're not necessarily lying. Sometimes they're just mistaken. Well, I want you to know that our God has never done either. He's never lied, and He's never been mistaken. What He says is true, and we just need to believe what He says. Abraham didn't waver. He was strengthened in faith. How can you be strengthened in your faith? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. This is why it's so important that we preach the Word of God, that we read the Word of God, that we meditate the Word of God, that we get the Word of God into our minds and down in our heart any way that we can. The Bible tells us in Psalm 1 and 2, it tells us this about the blessed man. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law he meditates therein day and night. Fill your mind with the Word of God. You see, I've I've said it over and over. You can't be focused on the circumstance. you got to be focused on the Word of God. But most believers today don't hardly know any of the Word of God. Do you realize that for many, many thousands of years and in many parts of the world, people have so little of the Word of God that when they have some, they treasure it. And people will memorize not just verses, but chapters and even whole books of the Bible. But most Christians in America, we have it all around us. It's so easy to us that we take it for granted. Oh, we need to love the Word of God. It will make you strong in faith. How we need the Word. You know, one of the problems with modern media is that it crowds our time. But not only that, it crowds our minds. That we have so little room in our schedule or in our minds for the Word of God. I'm not against modern media. I just think you ought to use it. I think you ought to use it to get the Word of God more than ever before. I mean, you you don't have to be listening to music while you're driving down the road. You can be listening to the Word of God. You can be listening to the Word of God while you're shaving in the morning. See, there's all kinds of ways that you can put the Word of God. You can watch preachers all day long on the Internet. Just be sure that you're listening to preachers that preach the Word and preach faith and not man's ideas and doubt and unbelief. Because you want to be strong in faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And be hang around people that will speak faith. Is that if you're around people that all the time that talk doubt and unbelief, and especially, listen lukewarm, weak Christians. And they're telling you, I don't think God's going to do that. Oh, I don't know about that. You need to be around some people that will encourage your faith and strengthen your faith. You see, we need each other that way. That We talked about that, right? That's why we're stronger together. But I'm just telling you, you need to be careful who you're listening to. Back to that passage from Romans 4. One more time. Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. When we stand on God's Word and we're strong in faith, He is glorified in our lives. You know, when Abraham and Sarah were young, I'm sure that they prayed. And if God would have answered that prayer when they were in their 20s, that's a real blessing. But you would never have heard about their story. But I want you to know that Abraham standing in faith and seeing it happen at 100 years of age is something that brings glory to God. And in your life, a lot of your battles are not going to be an instantaneous miracle in just one moment it happened the first time you prayed. No, a lot of your battles are going to be where you had to be strong in faith and fight the good fight of faith. And you're going to win, but you got to be strong. And it brings glory to God. I want to tell you, you need to be strong in faith for your family. You need to be strong in faith for your coworkers and your neighbors and your friends. This old world, somebody needs to see that you are strong in faith, that your God is real, that your God is a life-changing, miracle-working God. Be strong in faith. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I want our prayer partners to come.